to. So last week I talked about staying in and staying safe, staying in relationship with him so that we could stay safe from the enemy because we know that the devil wants to take advantage of us as Christians, our families, and destroy our lives, ultimately to get us to a life with no eternity with Christ, but to be damned forever and lost without Christ. The way we stay in and stay safe is by living a holy, sanctified life. And if you and I were to sin, that we would repent quickly and turn from our sin and ask God to help us. You know, I did a little bit of research on Google and it said that if my research is correct, it says that there are $10 billion spent in America each year about self-help books and how you can be better. I'd like to tell you that you can buy all those books on the shelves, but without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get better. You're not going to get better and be able to be a better you without a transformation of something in the spirit realm that has to take place in your heart and your mind and to become connected to what God says you are. Yes, you may become a better exerciser, but that's a physical thing. Yes, you may become more diligent in cleaning your kitchen every week. That's a physical thing. But in the spiritual things of God, if you want to become better, there's no self-help book that's going to help you except the written word of God. That's what we do. So if you're trying hard to be a Christian, I'm telling you, stop trying on your own. You were not meant to do this life alone. See, as I was praying and pondering this week about the season of life that we're in, this thought came to me. You're not alone. And you know what? You're right. I'm not. I'm not not just alone in this quarantine with millions of other Americans. You know, you're hearing everybody say, we're in this together. I'm not in it to be in a quarantine together. I'm in this life with Jesus together. God's purpose and his plan for my life. You see, God has a written plan for your life. If you'll ask him to do it with you, he'll tell you. God never once mentions in the Bible for me to prove how strong I am in life situations. Not once. Because he intended for me and for you to rely on him, to trust in him, to put our faith in him and to obey what he says. See, he wants to help us. He wants to lead and guide us. Today, I'm going to do my best to show you with who and how. However you, if you want what I'm talking about today, you have to embrace it. You can't be afraid of it. You can't avoid it. You can't run from it. It's a willful choice that says, I want help. We're going to start in John, the 16th chapter. The seventh verse. It says, but, verily, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now let me preface that these are red letters in our Bibles. And that this is Jesus speaking to his disciples about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
we see that Jesus is telling them that he's going to go away. So obviously he's telling or foretelling that I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to be resurrected. However, however, it's necessary that I go do this, but I will send a helper to you. You don't have to do this life alone. Move on to verse 13. Watch this. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So what the Holy Spirit is going to do is reveal the truth of God's plan and his word for your life in every situation and in every instance you go through in life if you allow it, if you embrace it, if you want it to happen. So here's the example that came to me. How many of you have a car that these days wants to assist you with driving? So here's what happens. You drive, and you, you have a choice, by the way. You can turn this assist on, or you can turn it off. Just like in your Christian life. You can either turn the Holy Spirit off and not give him room to move, or you can turn him on fully, and he will tell you where you're going and lead and guide you every step of the way. But the highway has rumble strips, right? So when you veer out of your lane, it goes doo -doo 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 to tell you you're too far to the right or you're too far to the left. Now I have this car that tells me by vibrating your seats or it vibrates the steering wheel and gently guides you back to the center lane. This is what the Holy Spirit does to you and I in our life. See, there's, there's situations that, have you ever got someplace that you just drove there and you after you get there you're like, I don't remember anything about how I got here. I don't remember passing Anna. I don't remember passing Sydney. All I know is I'm at the mall. It just gets you. It's the, it was the Holy Spirit leading me to the mall. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> and if there was a live audience, you'd all be laughing. And there's nobody here. Anyways, this is the point. The point is, is that in life, your journey, you're going on, you're driving on, you're going along life. But because you've been doing this life so long or driving the same lane or doing the same thing, our senses get dull. And so it's very easy to become unaware of the things around you when your senses are dull or when you're tired because you've been driving too long. But what the Holy Spirit does is he assists you so that when you get too close to danger, the wheel vibrates. When you get too far to the left, he gently pulls you back and says, no, 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 that's not the truth. Listen to what my word said. Remember the scripture that your pastor said. This is what he said on Sunday. Look at where you are today. And you're like, oh, get a hold of yourself. See, when you were saved and you got born again, God didn't expect you to be perfect. He knew you were broke. He knew you were hurt. He knew that you were not perfect. But immediately, upon forgiveness of your sins, the Holy Spirit began to work. He began to do a work internally and go to work on your behalf. By the way, if you're watching out there today, and maybe you're saying, I don't know 
God or this Holy Spirit that you're talking about. And I really thought that church was for perfect people. I'm not perfect, so I can't come. You're exactly who church is for. I'm not perfect. Pastor Dosik's not perfect. None of the church staff is perfect. A lot of our members aren't perfect. But we're working towards the process of becoming Christ-like. And we try it and we work through it every day with the Holy Spirit leading and guide us. If you want that Holy Spirit, if you want Jesus in your life, then today I want you to literally type help, help in the comment below. And our social media team is going to reach back to you. They want to show you Jesus. This is four or five salvations that came through last week of people that said, I want to stay in relationship with God. Reach out to God. He's waiting for you to reach so he can reach back. Listen, Romans 8, 12. We're going to go there. It's our next scripture today. Listen to what this says. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now we saw last week, remember, that to stay in relationship with God, we needed to stay sin-free, right? This verse, these scriptures here are telling us that we have an obligation to live by the Spirit and not by the deeds of our flesh. If you've been struggling with the same deed of the flesh over and over and over, you're who I'm talking to today. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit and let Him begin to do a work in your life and stop just trying to be I'm not going to cuss today. I'm not going to cuss today. I'm not going to cuss today. And say, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask, Holy Spirit, help me, lead me, and guide me today. Lord, that I would be walking according to your will and your word. Remind me, God. Check me. Give that still, small voice in my life. And let the Holy Spirit begin to do your work. You can't do this life on your own. If you will live for those who are led by the Spirit of God, you are the children of God. I think of being led by the Holy Spirit that sometimes I found myself in my life that I react to a situation. And then I turn back and I'm like, hey, Holy Spirit, was that the right choice? <laughs> That's not being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit is consulting Him first. Looking at what He wants you to do first before you choose your own way and sometimes that's easier said than done he will lead us in this life he will speak to us he will check us give us a small gentle nudge or maybe sometimes a quick swift kick in the pants if you need it but listen I've been in situations where I went to say something and the Holy Spirit went shh, shh don't say that don't speak like that I've been in another situation where a scripture reference will come to my mind, which is telling me prior to it happening how to respond. But let, don't mistake me. He's not going to scream, 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 smack you and hit you and say, stop what you're doing. He won't do that. 
And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. John, the 14th chapter, let's go there. It says, now this is again, this is a chapter before, a couple chapters before we read before, but Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit, again, speaking to the disciples. And let me just say this, these are all promises of God written in this Bible or spoke. If Jesus promised it, you can count on it, you can believe it, what he says he means, what he means he says, his words are absolute and they do not change. Verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, this advocate, he's your helper, he's your aid, he's your standby, he's one that you can lean on to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Yet again, being said, he's the spirit of truth. The world, oh, hang on, hang on. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Hmm. This book is the spoken promises of our Father. He doesn't want us to feel alone in this life. He doesn't want us to feel like we're less than. A father wants you to feel loved, wants you to feel encouraged, wants you to know that what he said, he will do. What he said, he will deliver. See, we often have the opportunity to look at Jesus or God, the father of the sons and daughters of God, we look at him as a representation of an earthly father. He's not an earthly father. He is a supernatural father. He is a supernatural super dad. He doesn't think on earthly ideas. He doesn't have an earthly yes or no that he might change. You see, Men will let you down, but God will not let you down. Throw out your earthly idea of what you believe the promise is when someone promises you something, if they'll act on them. Because if God promised it, he will do it. You're not an orphan. You've not been left alone. You've not been left to your own devices. He's left you with a guide. He's left you with someone who will comfort, the advocate, someone who is an aid right by your side to walk through life every single day with you. He'll talk to you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll correct you. He'll love you. He'll embrace you. These are things that the Holy Spirit has done. Let me ask you this. I played a game with our neighbor kids the other day. Would you rather is the name of this game. Would you rather Miss Nicole be an acorn or an acorn tree? That was my question. I said, well, let me think. I think I'd rather be the acorn tree because then I wouldn't have to be ate by a squirrel and discarded in the woods somewhere. And they're like, I'd rather be the acorn. I'm like, well, why? And then they went into this long reason of why they would like to be the acorn. So I'm going to ask you this question today. Would you have rather been the disciples that walked with Jesus and had him near you physically, touch, feel, or would you rather have him 
in you. Because remember in John 16, it said, it is good that I go away. It's advantageous is another word for you that I go away. It's profitable for you that I go away. What? The disciples had just come from, they couldn't fathom this. Like Jesus had walked with them every day. He led them. They went where he went. They ate when he told them to eat. He described the parables and told them what they meant, what the stories of old, the prophecies meant. He broke down the scripture and revealed their wrong to them and showed them what was right. But Jesus himself said it was advantageous that he goes away Why? Because he said, because then I will send a helper and he will be in you. So I thought of this. Well, actually, my dad thought of this about a year or two ago, but I've never forgotten it. This is water. Now, I can carry this water around with me all day. I can walk around by it with my side. I can set it down at the kitchen table. I can get up, take it with me. I can walk to the gym. I can take another bottle of water with me. But the problem is, is that This water bottle doesn't do any good in my life until I drink it. So let's watch. I'm not going to drink it all, though I could. Hmm. Now, what was with me has become a part of me. What was with me is now working inside of me. See, this water doesn't bring hydration until I drink it and put it in me. The Holy Spirit doesn't do work in you unless you allow him to do it. See, though Jesus was with the disciples, it was good for him to go away so that they could receive the Holy Spirit and him do his work in them. No more work on their own, but his work within them. So as he led, they needed to follow. As he suggested, they needed to do. When he said go, they needed to obey. Do you see? This water, when I put it in my body, now became a part of me. No longer is it water, but it's in me hydrating me, bringing oxygen to my cells, letting my cells take nutrients to my body's organs and give my body what it needed. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's a part of you and he wants to do a work in you. Let him go and loose him inside of you and let him do it and don't worry about if it's right or wrong, because here's the deal. He will tell you. He will tell you if you're doing right or wrong. He will assist you. He will be the aid. He will strengthen you in your time of need. He'll reveal stuff that you're doing right, and he'll reveal stuff that you're doing wrong. Now let's move on to verse 26, because this is very important. It says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I, Jesus, have said to you. Now, that right there, I want to show you that is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all in the same scripture. Though 
individuals, they work together with different roles. They are one, three in one. The Holy Spirit is a person that works in our life. So it says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father, God, will send in my name, that's Jesus, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. These are the written words of Jesus. When you read them, they go into your spirit, into your mind, into your heart and your soul, and you begin to believe them and you begin to work with them. But in time of need, in time of struggle, the Holy Spirit will bring a scripture you've read back to your remembrance. That's Him speaking to you. That's Him giving you a gentle nudge in your spirit going, hello, remember this? Not only does He lead and guide you through preaching, right? We come to church, we learn, but in our reading during the week, even right now as I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in me. He's revealing more. Even as I'm speaking, though I'm not saying it to you, He's revealing Himself to me in a greater way than He's ever done before. I was talking with pastor the other day and I said, Dad, correct me if I'm wrong. If the church as we knew it were to go away, which I don't believe it's going to go away, and there was no more fivefold ministry, and the church as we knew it was driven underground, and all we had were pieces of our Bible ripped out, the Holy Spirit would teach us, and it would be enough. The church would rise again with what's happening because the Holy Spirit would still go on and reveal the truth, reveal Jesus to us, reveal our purpose, and for what we're supposed to do on this earth as the kingdom of God. And that's found in 1 John 2.27 that Dad told me yesterday. But I used to say when I read the Bible that, oh, it's so hard, I don't get anything out of it. Oh, immaturity. Shh. Oh, immaturity. <laughs> before you read the written word of God, before you fast, before you pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Again, trying to do it on our own will not get us anywhere. It's not just, it's not just about him convicting of our sin. It's not just about him showing us the way, the truth, and the life. But it's about him doing a work inside of us and changing us. Why is it that you and I are so set on doing it alone? Why is it our way? Why do we think that if we ask for help, we're weak? Why do we have to exhaust every single option, an idea of our own, before we ask for God's help? Could it be that the world's way of thinking is inside of us and we need to cleanse or rid ourselves from that mindset? That possibly we need to ask for forgiveness, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and let Him take over our lives? These are questions that on a regular basis I have to ask myself. Who's in control of your life? Because see, we have to fully embrace who the Holy Spirit is in our life. He was sent to help us, so we have to stop rejecting his help. Rejecting his help. Now, I said we were going to talk about this a little bit because I think it's key to allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. 
there are some of us that want the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want him to work. We want him to guide us. We want him to lead us. And we're glad that he's a part of us. And we want to yield to him. But the the issue is, is that we hear a story in the Old Testament that it said the people were called stiff-necked because their ears, what they heard, and their hearts were not circumcised. Meaning that they were still unclean, they had sin, and they had not come out of the old man's ways and put on the new man's ways. Now, we've heard the message of all the good stuff that the Holy Spirit wants to help us and be a part of our life. But if there's any hard part of my message, it's this part. Because Ephesians 4, 29 and 32, 29 through 32 is important for you and I. And I'm going to tell you why. By the way, if you read during the week, this entire chapter would be a great chapter to read. Though I'm only going to take a few verses from it, this entire chapter is about being in the life of the Spirit, and I think it would be very advantageous for you to read. So, the 22nd verse of the fourth, let's start on, yeah, uh, wait a minute, I am not, this is Galatians, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Got to get in the right book of the Bible, right? Let's get there first. Anyways, okay, here we go. 429, it says, do not let any unwholesome which is obscene or profanity, talk. It means dirty stories, vulgarity, out of your mouths. But only what is helpful, hmm, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve or sadden the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, which is a refusal to reconcile with someone. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ forgave you. Wow, what a mouthful. You know, we can sadden or grieve the Holy Spirit. Lincoln and I were talking about the message because I was sharing some things with him. Um, and as we were talking, he kind of chuckled at me. And I said, so when you do this, the Holy Spirit goes, hmm, like that. And we were talking later on in another day and he looked at me and he said, hey, mom, hmm. Now, what he was saying to me was what you just said was a little angry, and you saddened the Holy Spirit. Listen, there are things in our lives that we need to get out of our lives so that the Holy Spirit can have full reign. See, with our actions, you stop the Holy Spirit from being active in your life. If you've been a Christian for a really long time, and you don't see growth, chances are, this might be the problem. Because I'm going to tell you, we think that being angry is not a problem. We think that when we've been done wrong, we're allowed to talk about what happened. And the Lord says that is slander. That is you creating malice and returning evil for evil. You think your little joke 
that is really vulgarity is okay because the brother you're telling it to is okay with hearing it come out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit inside you is not okay with that motive and that action that's coming out. And when that action comes out, he's saddened. And that's what he does. And therefore, now the process of, that God put in place in your life to help you is now your action shutting him off. So there is no more help until you repent and turn from what you've done and re-allow the entrance of the Holy Spirit back into your life. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not staying around things that are unclean. He's not going to be living with, working with, and developing uncleanness. He can't be present when it's present. So I'm telling you, rid yourself of these things, and you're thinking, oh, those are just simple things. Read the whole chapter. There's a lot more there than just that. But what I'm telling you is that I'm reminded of this story. Dad told me the other day, he said, Nicole, he said, remember Peter in the garden when all the disciples were Jesus and they came to get him. Peter got angry and cut off the ear of a soldier that was coming to take Jesus captive, right? And then Jesus had to intervene and fix it. How many times in our life has God Jesus or God or the Holy Spirit had to intervene because of something that you and I have done. Talked about a brother. Well, it's just the truth. I just spoke what was on my mind. Somebody needed to say it. Everybody's thinking it, but nobody had the guts. Well, I did. I'm not changing for anybody. This is just my personality. Well, you're right. You're not changing. You're not changing. And the work of the Holy Spirit is not in you working and changing who you are either. Because though you say with your mouth you want him to help, your actions are doing something different. Now that was the hard part of the message. It's going to get better, I promise. All right, Galatians. Now we get to go to Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd and 23rd verse. Because this is important. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking and envying one another. The Holy Spirit is working in your and mine's life so that we can mature and grow into the Christ-likeness. He's helping us become that. He's helping us bear fruits so that we will have fruit. See, fruit is proof or the evidence that the Holy Spirit has been at work in your life. So if you're not gentle... If you don't have self-control with your mouth and everything that's going on and you can't control what you think and it actually has to come out of your mouth because that's just who you are, then you don't have the fruit, the proof that the Holy Spirit's been at work in your life. It's okay to lose who you are and become who He is. That's the goal. But we've got to lose our own self in order to find who he is. Isn't that what all this is about? Is that I would not be the person that I was, but be the transformed person that God wants me to be to do his work and to do his will and to live according to the word of God so that I can enter into heaven with him and hear good, well done, faithful servant. 
See, we get off track and we lose our response. See, when the Holy Spirit guides us, he's teaching us something that we are then to respond in faith and obey. Take action and change what's going on. And then God's grace comes in. God's grace. What would we do without it? His ability to do for me what I cannot do for myself. And boom, you turn into a Christian and you become Christ-like. And before you know it, the transformation that God ordained the day you got saved is now at work. But there has to be this true embracing of the Holy Spirit. It's a reliance upon Him and His ability. Not what you possess, not what's inside of you, but what's inside of Him. This water is now in me because Christ lives in me. The Holy Spirit is with me. John 14, 27, and I'm going to leave you with this. It says, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples after he said, I go away. Don't be alarmed. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Listen, God's waiting for you to call out and ask him to help you do this life. You were never intended to do this life alone. If you're out there today, there's two people that I want to reach out hard to today. One, I want to reach out to the one that does not know Jesus. And you say, Nicole, I've done this life far too long by myself, and I surrender. I'm done. I'm tapped out, and I need Jesus. That's who I'm talking to. And number two, if you did it your way, and you're done, you're at the end of who you are, and you're finally saying, you know what? God, I've got to have you because without you, I cannot do this. This pandemic, this job loss, being locked up in a house with these children, trying to be a teacher and a mother and a house cleaner and a wife, I can't do it anymore. If that's you today, I'm talking right to you. And I'm saying, the Holy Spirit's here to help you. I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation today for those who are viewing. And the rest of you, I'm going to pray an encouraging prayer afterwards but I'm going to ask you to join with me today in this sinner's prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you. Repeat after me. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to lead me and guide me. I accept the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. I receive him and I want him to be at work. I denounce the devil and I accept your leadership and your authority. Be Lord of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, now if you said that, I want you to let us know, message us, get a hold of the church, and let us know that you accepted Christ as your Savior. But for the rest of you out there that have been doing it on your own, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to let someone else close the service today. Father, I just pray for all of the Christian believers out there today. Father, we remove right now any, 
anything between you and I. Father, we've repented of our sin, God, and we've asked you to forgive us. But Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. I ask, God, that I give you full reign to be the teacher, to be my guide, to be the one that stands by me through thick and thin. Tell me when I'm wrong. God, unction, Father, the reminding of the word. Father, remind me of the scripture and what you've said in time of need and struggle. Father, for I rely on you, not my own ability, but I rely on you. I put my faith and my trust in you, and God, I will obey that which you ask me to do. Lead me this week, guide me this week to what you would have me accomplish for the kingdom.